Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the fourth episode of the Adventures in Death Care podcast. I am your host, Herman, and I'm going to welcome you to the year 2017. Now, without further ado, let's talk about death, baby. One of the first subjects that we're going to be talking about is the year that just ended, 2016. Now, to many people, 2016 took a lot of casualties, they would say. I've read many people that I know personally on Facebook and my friends, you know, they keep saying, damn, 2016 is just kicking ass and taking names and taking everybody we love. I mean, you know, Alan Rickman, who played Severus Snape on Harry Potter, he went, he was one of the first to go in 2016. And I'm a little, I'm still a bit bummed about that. I'm not going to lie. But one thing that I will say that 2016 showed me about people is no matter how advanced I feel that we're going with the death positivity movement and being death aware, talking about our own mortality, 2016 took it back in the form of death denial. Many people outside of the industry and outside of the people that are for the death positive movement wanted to blame the year in itself, 2016, as if 2016 was a person that just took all the stars and everybody that people loved watching away. Unfortunately, that's not the case. The case is death took them away as death would take you. It would take me. It It's going to take every living being on this creature. One thing that I will say about 2016 is it got us talking a lot about death. Whether or not it was good conversations about death, it got us talking a lot about it. Um, the last two deaths of 2016, well, there was a de- another death, I think, but one of the last two main deaths of 2016 was Carrie Fisher, who we obviously know as Princess Leia, and Debbie Reynolds, who... Many people know her from Scene in the Rain. I knew her as uh, Aggie Cromwell from Halloween Town from the Disney Channel movies. They died a day apart. And as I believe as I'm recording this podcast, people are at their Hollywood home honoring the lives of these two great individuals. It was reported to me by some some colleagues that they're going to be buried alongside each other at Forest Lawn Glendale. And I believe according to people.com or the Hollywood life, some of the speakers that were going to be there, I don't know if they're going to be speakers, but um, they would have been attending the memorial service that took place earlier today. Um, One of them was Meryl Streep and obviously Carrie Fisher's daughter. Um, But I, I really don't know how to feel about 
the attitude that we had for 2016. Yes, death was in our midst almost everywhere, whether it be people or even animals. I mean, the Harambe movement was crazy. The death of a gorilla not only symbolized pop culture changing its ways, but just the way that we react to death. Um, I remember after Gene Wilder died earlier in 2016, that people were trying to make a deal with 2016, like take the Kardashian family away. And while, like I've said many times to people, I love that we're talking about death, but let's not lose sight of the fact that the reason that people died in 2016 was because people died. It wasn't some curse. It wasn't some crazy stuff going down. It was just death. It's real. I I was at the supermarket the other day, and I think it was Time Magazine that had a special uh, collector's edition. I don't know if they do this every year, but I thought it was really cool. Where they talked about around there was like seventy different deaths that they post that they put in this issue and I was like darn you know all these people died within a matter of 12 months time which again it's it's crazy but it's life you know and we're gonna move on to our next subject um I think what I was trying to get is we cannot personify 2016 or any situation that takes a person's life other than death because at the end of the day death is what ends us it's it's not a year it's not a curse it's not anything so um that's gonna move us to our point of 2017 2017 um it's a new year we're five days into this new year and one thing that I'm going to try to be doing is being more death positive. Um, if you've met me and you've been a classmate of mine or a colleague of mine, you'll know that I'm very death positive. I love talking about death every which way we can, whether it's to pick someone's brains or to understand how a person reacts to death um, because it's fascinating the way I feel about death or the way that other people think about death are certainly not identical just like the way that I think people grieve um, we all like to lump grief into the categories that we were given whether it's um, Roman stages or it's um, Kubler-Ross stages I, I don't believe that we can get grief or our ways of thinking about death in just this little little um easy cliff notes version i think it's it's genuine to every person and it's distinctive so one thing that i do plan to do is after graduating i moved up north to central california and i noticed here we don't really like to talk about death. We 
tend to leave things to random, to life. Um, many people that I've talked to, they say, oh, you know, I don't really think about when I die or what's going to happen or I've never looked at um, pre-needs or, you know, stuff like that where you prepare for your death, whether it's untimely or not. Um, I say untimely or not because, you know, not all of us grow to be old age. Things happen. Shit happens. I mean, Anton Yelkin, poor dude, was just, I think he was by his mailbox and, you know, his car took him out. So one thing that I'd like to do for death positivity in 2017 is being more active. Um, I'm thinking of hosting some death cafes out here where I live. I don't know how people will take to that, but I do know that there is a curiosity. Um, much of the death care industry here where I live, it's very conservative. It's very old school to where, oh, we don't talk about death, but we deal with it because it's what we do. So I think that's another thing that I ask you as listeners. I mean... We've experienced 2016 together. We've experienced the reality of what happens when our favorite people die. And it's it's an amazing thing to see just how the death of someone that we didn't know can affect us so much. And I know I, I was affected by the death of Alan Rickman because, again, um, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan and Severus Snape. You know, although he was dick in the first few films and the books, you learn to see him as a hero, as a protector. And I know I have many Star Wars um, friends who love Star Wars and their princess Leia has departed. So I think although 2016 was a shitty year because of all the ways that people were dying, it brought us to here where we can talk about death, where I can sit down here with you guys and talk about death. Um, I got an email a few weeks ago um, when I was thinking of doing uh, another podcast. The reason I haven't been doing these podcasts are because life happens and I try to sit down here and it ju it just doesn't happen. Like right now I feel like I'm rambling, but if I don't get it done, you know, I feel like I'm failing myself. So um, one thing that people ask, were, well, what do you think about the death care industry? I know I sit down here and I just talk about, you know, how laws work and this and that. And one thing that I want people who listen to this podcast is to make your own decisions. But since I was asked about my own personal decisions, um, views about the death care industry. I'm going to answer it. And to be honest, I am very much for the alternative death care industry. As you guys may have known, if you read Adventures in Death Care, um, the Tumblr blog, the main site that I have, I wrote a article for Caitlin Doty's The Order of the Good Death, where I had a home funeral for my uncle who passed from Lou Gehrig's disease in 2015. 
And it was then that I truly solidified my mind in wanting to work in the alternative death care industry, whether it be about having green burials, whether it be home funerals, or just different methods of disposition. I believe that having the traditional service and burial, it's great for a lot of people, but when I speak to newer generations of practitioners, we notice that we don't want that sometimes. We want our disposition to be different. We want our services to have a different meaning. Not to say that traditional services don't have meaning, but we want it to be more personalized, more us, if you kind of get what we're saying. So one thing that I do advocate for is home funerals. I believe that a person who wishes to dispose of their loved one and has the right to do so should do what they feel is right. And sometimes having a home funeral or taking care of their loved one outside of a funeral home is the best option. Although in the end, because of the way that the bureaucratic laws work here in California, again, I cannot speak for a for other states because unless you want to know, I, I can do research, but I only know where I live, and that's California. Um, you still, for burial reasons and cremation reasons or anything, you still have to contract through a funeral home. I remember when it came time to... Um, take care of my uncle. We had done everything. We had done the services, everything at home, but the cremation had to be done through a funeral home because obviously I don't own a retort. And, um, I was also going to be filing the death certificate for my uncle myself, as you do have the right to do so in California. But when I noticed that, um, when you pay the uh, non-declinable service fee for the funeral director who was going to do the cremation, that's already included. So I thought to myself, why am I going to do this? You know, we did what we needed to do. And luckily, the person that took care of my uncle was a very good friend of mine, a classmate and colleague from mortuary school. So I wasn't handing my uncle off to somebody that I didn't know. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is because we talked about ethics last time, about people being professional. And in my line of work, when I was working, I saw some very unethical things happen. Not because people were doing that, but because people were not educated enough to know how to do certain things. And I personally said to myself, you know, it's not that I don't trust practitioners, but I would want someone who would treat me as I am their loved one that they're taking care of. And I feel, you know, it's like I told some classmates, if you were a realtor and you knew how to sell houses, you're not going to go to a realtor to, you know, buy a house. You're going to go to yourself because you know what you're doing. And that's kind of what happened with this, with the way that my uncle's service and disposition went. Um, but like I'm saying, um, within the recent times, Caitlin with her book, um, 
smoke gets in your eyes and other lessons from the crematory as well as the national home funeral alliance the funeral consumers alliance they've been broadening the horizons for people who didn't even know that certain different types of dispositions existed i know that there's a funeral home in torrance california who can contract if a person likes for cremated remains to go to the moon which is pretty cool i don't know if i'd personally want to go to the moon but you know some people they they really do want to do that and that's the only thing that i'm trying to say is i'm not a traditional person as you guys can tell so i i don't think a traditional you know viewing and burial would suffice for me to to be memorialized again like i said there's nothing wrong with that i am all for the traditional funeral service i just feel that there aren't enough voices here in the alternative death care industry and as we're becoming more self-aware whether people say it's self-aware or entitled we want to branch out in our um in our options for disposition there are some funeral homes that refuse to cater to those alternatively minded and as i've discussed with um classmates and there have even been class discussions while i was at mortuary schools those who don't get with the times will be left behind so I get heartbroken when I meet a funeral director who's like in his 60s or 70s saying, you know, screw cremation, it's burial or nothing. And I understand some people, specifically the embalming side of the industry, they kind of depend on having a traditional service because, you know, if you don't view the body, do you really have a reason to embalm? Again, like I said, here in California, you do not need embalming to view the body, but some funeral homes will advise against it. That is their practicing. That is their doing. I'm not to say what is wrong, what is right. I'm just saying that people should have a choice and hopefully 2017 will bring about new ways of being um, one thing, and I don't really like to name drop, so I'm going to try my best never to name drop here because that's not my game. But one thing that I do admire about Caitlin Doty as a colleague is she's real about the alternative death care industry. I am still technically in the traditional side. I'm trying to break through to the um, alternative side, but it's not easy. It's not for everyone. You have to have a passion. And the first passion that I say one should have is being death positive. So if you take anything from this specific podcast episode is this year, let it be the death. Let it be the year of death, of mortality. Let us not be afraid. If you want to talk about death, there's there's people that live near you that probably want to talk about death, but they're afraid of. Um, one thing that I will tell you is within the next few weeks, I will be I will be volunteering at a local hospice. And one thing that they learned about me is they learned about, you know, the way I work, the way I talk about death, and they want someone there to help talk to 
the hospice patients about death because many of them still don't know, you know, some of them don't have prenades and I'm, I'm going to say right there, um, it's no way am I going to go solicit or anything. I'm going to be part of their bereavement program where I help talk to families about, you know, what's going on, the way that grief works or the way that I see that grief works because, you know, what one person feels works, it doesn't work for another, but yeah, um, that's going to be fun. Another thing that I look forward to doing in the future is I do have some free time. What I'm going to try to do is I'm going to travel around, hopefully California, and try to get interviews up for you guys. I know I've been meaning and I've been hinting at interviews like with companies, with alternative death care professionals to just fully encompass what adventures in death care is. Um, I plan to start updating the normal blog. I have reached about 800 and some change of followers on the Instagram page. I'm thinking as soon as I reach you 1000, I'm going to probably be doing a giveaway. Um, I'll probably give away some funereal stuff or maybe a t-shirt of adventures in death care. You guys let me know if that's something that you guys would be able in participating. But in 2017, what I will promise for you guys in regards to this podcast and Adventures in Death Care is I'm going to help educate you guys more. I'm going to talk more about what happens at the arrangement conferences, what a care center is, um, the way that removals are done, and just talk to you more probably give you some anecdotes. So please tune in. I'm sorry that I haven't been doing these more often. They started as a weekly thing, but I record episodes and then they get lost in the computer and it, it's just too much. So thank you guys for listening for the first episode of 2017. I will say please stay tuned. There's some awesome death stuff coming your way. Please email me if you have any questions at adventuresindeathcare at gmail.com. Also, please follow Tumblr. I'm trying to get it to be a full website, but things, like I said, life is happening. I'm trying to start my own business, which I'll get into that later, much later. And yeah, um, thank you guys. Take care of yourselves and each other. I know that was very Jerry Springer of me, but memento mori, remember to die. And let's not be afraid of death. Let us embrace it. If 2017 happens to be a repeat of last year, let us embrace it. But talk, let's talk about death. Let's get the conversation going. Because if anything we've learned about 2016 was that Tragedy should not be created into pop culture memes, nor should we personify a year just to avoid talking about death. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye.